Hello and welcome to episode number, oh shit I didn't check, 40? 40, I think it's 40, I think it is 40 of the RDO podcast. Uh, today you've got me, Alex, and super ringing, Liam. Thanks. Hello everyone. Thanks for uh, coming in on, on short notice. Jason is sick as a dog because he's got um, patient zero, Nate's spreading another super virus around. Yeah, another reason not to have children. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And uh, we are recording on Mother's Day, so um, I was woken up this morning by a family having a domestic um, in the unit next to us. What better way to say, I love you, Yeah, a yeah. screaming match. Tasha comes out, slams the door shut. <laughs> um, now, viewers, like people who are watching on YouTube, will notice that we've had a slight rejiggy-jig of the uh, studio, and notice that we have a fine piece of marble and uh, Liam, Liam walked in this morning and he's like, oh, like, nice fake marble. And then yeah. he lift, tried to move it. Yeah, I don't know how you got it onto the tyres, to tell be you. honest. Well, I'll tell you how. So, basically, we wanted to try and get the microphones closer to our faces because there's a little bit of tinniness and it's purely because it's too far away. These are designed to, to almost that your lips are supposed to be touching it. So... I thought, well, we could go and find a like a dry bar style round table and get stools where our knees would go under it to get us closer. Mm-hmm. And I thought, but no, but I like I kind of like the arrangement. I kind of it, it fits well in this room. Customers do walk through this thing, so I don't want to necessarily block the way. And if we didn't have to spend any money, I wouldn't. No, this uh, this lovely free Jenga is yeah superb. Well, so I, I was sitting down yes uh, Friday. And I thought, before I go, I was looking at Marketplace. So before I physically go out and get something, how about I just have a look around the shed first? Mm-hmm. So I go around the shed, I find various bits of off-cut whatever. There's a room upstairs, no light, completely dark, can't see anything through the dust. And I see this black box. And I tap the box, there's wires coming out of it. Right. And I thought, okay, it looks like a, an old-school telephone pickup. Uh, exchange or something like that. So I give it a tap and it is rock hard. It is marble hard. So I go get a rag, like a wet rag, and I wipe it down. I'm like, this is marble. Like, this is a proper piece of marble. So what is, is, for people that are not watching, is it a metre long? Um, oh, yeah. It's it's what you would put on top of a, like, let's say you had a marble bench top. You'd sit this on top of that marble, marble bench top to give you a raised section so you could store stuff underneath. And I've just got it set here upside down. So anyway, I thought, I'll lift it up myself. <laughs> no, no way. I've got my little, I've got like a trolley dolly thing to slide under cars. I bring that up. It almost blew the wheels out of that thing when I got it on. So this is coming from upstairs. Upstairs. Okay. Yeah, so, and I was totally thinking I was going to do it myself. And I thought, you know, if, if I'm here by myself, I fall down the stairs with a metric ton of marble on top of me. No one's coming to save me. No. So until my rent's due. So I go ask the I go next door to the gym, best place to look for muscly people. And one of the girl trainers is there and, and, and I said I said, How how upset are you feeling to picking up something really, really heavy? She's like, Yeah, I'll let it go. <laughs> and she looks at it, she goes, That doesn't look that hard. And as soon as she got her fingers under it, she's oh, like, yeah. Oh, that is heavy. Reality, yeah. And we put it when we sat it on the tyres, I heard some air expel. <laughs> That's how heavy it is. Yeah, she's solid. Yeah. 
So, and we have got a bit of a flower, not a flower arrangement, a plant arrangement uh, in the centre, which I'm not entirely happy with. It's uh, not very symmetrical, but the other plant that I have got that's very symmetrical has dark leaves, so it makes the setting too dark, in my opinion. So, well, we've got ebony and ivory today for the black and white contrast. Yes, we do. Yeah, we do. We, we thought that part out with um. It's very much our personalities. My pure, pure, pure luck. But I thought we'd take this opportunity. I wanted to have a little bit of a nerd out, and what it started when you sent me a link to Casio. No, not Casio. Citizen. Citizen bringing out a range of Star Wars watches. Mm -hmm. So in my mind, I was like, that's great. I went straight to the link and then I went straight to the shop because I was going to buy all of them. Was it eight or 12 or something? It was was a lot. Yeah, I think they already have some in production, Mm -hmm. but they had released another four or five to like with the new movie. So they had like a BB-8 and a few X-Wings and things like that. But yeah, I think they released... Three now and another four in September. So, so yeah, it's about twelve. I was going to buy all of them mm-hmm. until I saw about three hundred fifty dollars US each. US, yeah, yeah, and uh, I think that's mental. So I want to know, like, what is the cost of a brand? Is 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 it because the watch I'm wearing now? I'm wearing a Casio watch, and I mm-hmm. wore this on purpose so I could tell the story. Mm-hmm. So so these are for sale here for say fifty to sixty five dollars. Mm-hmm. Okay. I bought this in Japan from a normal department store on the rack for $13. And I said to the guy, so, so I had, I've got Tasha, I'm like, oh, these are really cool retro Casio watches. Mm. He didn't know what retro meant because then I realised they've just been in production ever since the 70s and 80s. They've yeah, never stopped. Exactly. I, I think it's it depends on... Well, I guess there's a lot of things to go with the brand. I mean, look at brands like, you know, Supreme. Their leather is no different to any other weather, leather that is coming out, but a wallet's $3,000 just because it has Supreme around it. It's It can be a, a number of things. So, you know, this Citizen watch isn't better than any other watch, but it's Star Wars related, so it's going to pull on the heartstrings of a Star Wars fan. But that Citizen watch, you can buy a, a normal version of that exact watch without any of the branding on it, without any of the Star Wars branding on it. It's a it's a eighty five to hundred dollar watch. Yeah, exactly. But so does it make it two and a half, three, uh, three and a half times the price? No, times. but I mean, look at cars. You buy a standard white car, and it's eight hundred dollars cheaper than getting a red one. You know, is the red one any better? But it's mm, yeah, that's true. That is true. There are some physical changes, I suppose, and there there is something. But well. But using your analogy, it's like buying the white car is $20,000 mm. and the red car is $45,000 as a proportion of the price. Yeah, I guess so. But again, I think well, I didn't look that much into them. Are they a limited run or is yeah, it? Yeah, limited. Okay, so that, that has some value, I mm. guess. But I think you're just purely capitalizing on that feeling, really. Yeah. That's all it is. It's. We've moved so much further from watches being a timepiece, you know. I mean, I've got an Apple Watch on today. Yeah. This thing is far removed from just telling the time. I can make phone calls on it. I can listen to Spotify on it. I can track my steps. You know, I can play games on it. Yeah. The amount of times I actually use it to just tell the time, you know, we just don't do it anymore. So you... I do. Well, you do. But I think these days, manufacturers have to come up with 
something mm. that's different from just a timepiece. See, I I tried the smart watch. I'm a watch guy. Mm-hmm. I like watches. Um, I've got a few, and the thing I don't like about the smart watch is that the times that I wanted to tell the time is when it didn't want to tell me the time. So I think the battery tech wasn't that good. So the Samsung watch I had at the time would have a blank screen. Like I noticed your screen mm-hmm. is always on. Yeah, so that's the, that's the latest version of the uh, Apple Watch. Right. Essentially, they spent a lot of time working on improving battery life so they have a constant yeah. on screen. Whereas it, it did previously, it wouldn't activate until you physically sort of held it up. You couldn't like glance at it or anything like that. Yes. So that's something they worked on. So they obviously feedback from someone like you, yeah. even though it's a different brand. Yeah. No, no, it's annoying having to actually activate my watch and seeing i had to like get that flick that wrist flick yeah you know sometimes and i'm sitting there like flick 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 on my wrist I'm like why are you flicking your wrist oh i wonder what time it is it was idiotic so i i still like old school watches and mm. and i still love the mechanics in it i like oh I like the way that they look uh i like the clear display um and i don't know i still feel like the digitized the overly digitized device on your wrist is like 80s nerdy. It is. I mean, again, like, you know, looking at your watch today, that, you know, you said it's 16, what was it, $16? In, $13. In Japan. Yeah. And what, $60 here in Australia. Yeah. I guess you got to look at the market. Do they that's just a watch to them whereas in westernized cultures that is a cool nerdy yeah thing yeah you know it's it does add value in that retrospect as well because i mean that's a watch that i would like as well because it is it does seem you know back to the future sort of thing you know yeah i mean you can imagine michael j fox walking around with you know this digital yeah. watch it says electroluminescence on it you push button <laughs> and a light goes on but the light is like an old school uh, um, you got to hold your hands together and peek through it. You can't see. It. Yeah, <laughs> it, it adds no value. <laughs> it adds no additional functionality. But no, I did think that that was. Um, so I, I might buy one, but now I have to decide on which which one you want. Yeah, that's tricky. Yeah, because I it's <laughs> this this might sound super lame, but I've I've seen some of these branded items before. And I've wanted certain ones, but I haven't because the one, the character I like is a bad person and I don't want to be perceived as a bad person. Interesting. So my two favourite characters in Star Wars, mm. Darth Maul mm-hmm. and Cad Bane. So oh, who's Cad Bane? He's a bounty hunter. So he's uh, prevalent in the, I don't know if you've watched the, the Clone Wars animated I'll series. I'll watch some of it, but then I'm Sorry. Really awesome, 35 years old and shouldn't be watching that. Yeah, but that's... Oh, no, no, no. You're right. Attributing an age to it, that's disgusting. <laughs> yeah, that. You're right, you're right. Uh, but they're both bad guys, essentially. Mm. And they're both my favourite characters, I think because they're more dynamic. Sure. So it's easy to get behind someone who's, you know, the good guy. Mm. They've got good morals and things like that. But the ingenuity that some of these bad characters bring into it is far more interesting to find the motives you know you can easily find the motive as to why someone's good mm. they're just a good person mm. but learning the psyche as to why someone's gone
gone in a different direction, that's far more interesting to me. It's like, I guess, you know, people are obsessed with these murder series, you know, yeah. Ted Bundy and things like that. We don't really care about, you know, the guy, the, there's no uh, documentary about the police officer that took them down. Well, there generally is because they get a pat on the back for catching them. But no, you don't follow them. What was his name who took down Ted Bundy? Exactly. <laughs> no one cares. But, but well, that's the thing because we want to know why these people turned or do what mm. they do. It's it's far more compelling than someone who, you know, is it because, and I think it's like good art, right? It, a good artist is often looking at the world in a very different way to the majority. So let's say ninety percent of the world, look yeah. at the, you know, looks at the world in one direction. Mm. And an artist, a really good artist, is the opposite 10% just look, and looking at things in a completely different context. And I suppose 90% of the world is good. Mm. But it's that 10% that's intriguing to us because it is different. Yeah, exactly. But what about the... So I shouldn't feel bad that if I had like a, if a Darth Vader... I don't think so because, again... You need to. Well, I mean, if you analyze Darth Vader as a character, he, if you follow his arc, you can see how he got there. Mm. You know, he wasn't born an evil person. Mm. He's, and again, this is where the debate. He just is. doesn't. It's like sand. He, he doesn't, doesn't like sand. sand, and that's what turned him. Well, this, well, this is the debate. Are are we a product of our environment, or do we have the because the, there's the argument of you know do we really have free will, or are we just a product of our Surroundings. I think you definitely put up the surroundings. It makes sense. Well, that's the interesting thing to look at then. You know, you could have two children in an abusive family mm. and one person goes on to continue the abusive cycle and one person might, you know, remove themselves from that environment and want to be nothing like what they came from. So it's interesting to see if, if all people from mm. that environment come out the same way. Do you think there could be like a... I know back in the day they thought that there was like an inbuilt DNA uh, coding for yeah. evil. I think so. I, I do remember reading that somewhere they were you getting serial killers and yeah. and doing biopsies on them and things like that to, to see if there was some coding in there. You do... I think that there's something attributed to uh, like a lack of morals and things yeah. like that like I don't know there's there's a documentary on a guy called the Iceman who Kimmy Reichman yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly I'm sure he's killed a lot of people yeah. uh, but no this guy worked for uh, the mob in America mm. and essentially he had no sense of I guess joy or anything like that like killing someone was the same as having a milkshake no. like there was no sort of like pleasure no yeah. so he, he said he even had a $50 bet on when he shot someone in the neck, how take how long it would take for them to, you know, bleed out, whether they would bleed out or suffocate, you know. He just had no... But I wonder, like, how many how many people did he kill before he realised, well, before people noticed? Like, was it a lot? Or was it on the first one he didn't care? Well, I think, again, uh, they had, like, a psychologist speak to him and it started from a very very mm. early age you generally find like serial killers will start on animals and things like that yeah. they want to abuse an animal first before they get into the hard stuff the hard stuff i guess but yeah it's just interesting is that is that a product of your environment or is that 
just your wiring, you know, what goes into it. DNA encoded. Yeah. But it makes I mean, a great excuse for <laughs> if, if it does come out, you know. This, this is true. I mean, it's not my fault. Well, I, I guess coded to do that. I guess this is why you have so much of the insanity plea, mm. I guess, rather than people, you know, owning up to it. But yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with liking Darth Vader either. I, I, I don't particularly like his his arc, mm. and I just think. But I, I, what I like about him is the fear that he like. I don't think anyone in that universe fears a character more than Darth Vader. No, that's probably true. Although. See again with someone like Darth Maul. If you watch the animated series, he was far more, I guess, cunning in his plans. So Darth Vader was just in your face. Yeah, shock. This is what we're gonna do. Yeah. Shock, shock and awe. You know, yeah. I'm gonna don't like it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I'm gonna yeah. turn up. I'm gonna ruin everything. Whereas uh, Maul played like a very political yeah uh, game. You know, instead of if with not having the resources to just build a Death Star and shoot a planet, he yeah. went over and play the political game to take over a planet that way. So uh, yeah, interesting. Yeah, no, but I think I like the direct conversation. I think that's yeah. an effective way of, of um, doing stuff. And look, he got he got a lot done. Built two Death Stars or one and one and a half. One and a half Death Stars. Now, speaking of nerding out, I wanted to quickly touch on video games. Mm-hmm. Okay. So uh, who makes Activision. Activision makes a Call of Duty franchise. Mm-hmm. Their quarter one earnings just came out. And if you had to guess how much revenue... Now, COD's got basically three products at the moment. Mm-hmm. Call of Duty Modern Warfare. Mm-hmm. Call of Duty Warzone. Yep. And Call of Duty Cold War. Mm-hmm. Warzone is free. Mm-hmm. So, that, that would have essentially... You've got what PUBG and Fortnite. Yep. Yep. There's the big battle royale games. Exactly, and they are both run off the same system. Free. No, PUBG. PUBG is a paid. Oh, is it paid? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, so so Fortnite then. Fortnite is the king of this free. So free. Mm. Put it in everybody's hands. Yeah. Make it fun, but make you want more out of it. Yeah. Because they make all that money out of the micro trends. Transactions, yeah. buying skins and things like that. So guess how much revenue Activision just Activision made on those three products in in four months. It'd be silly. Twenty billion. Twenty billion dollars. Okay, so so I looked up some stats, right? Because and I suppose any if, if we have an older audience, I think this is probably more pertinent to them to young people because I think young people realise how big it is. Mm-hmm. But but like I remember playing video games in the nineties, right? And and I, I thought that was super cool. Jason was uh, Jason was adamant he was going to go work for um, like a magazine. He loved games so much he was, he was going to work for a magazine. And I remember our parents thought like, no, that's not a thing. Yeah, you you got to you know that's that's a toy. I couldn't actually find any uh, data on like the nineties video games was all about sales, mm. not sales volumes, but sorry volumes of product, not actual um, price of product mm. but I found some recent stuff right oh no hold on I, I stuffed up that it's not 20 billion it's 2.2 billion I was going to say that seems a lot I was a lot closer with my 1 billion 
Sorry, sorry, sorry. Okay, the size of the the size of the video game market in two thousand twelve mm. was seventy billion dollars. Right. The size in twenty twenty was one hundred and fifty nine billion dollars. Okay, um, in two thousand and eight, video games in terms of overall size overtook movies and books. The be- the highest selling book of all time was Harry Potter, The Deathly Hollows, which did $220 million worth of sales in 24 hours. Mm-hmm. Grand Theft Auto, Auto 4 came out in the same year, did $310 million. Well, again, you, I, you have to look at, like you said, price point. So a book is, what, $20? So a book is generally $20, $30, you wouldn't think, unless you're buying like a limited edition or an encyclopedia where it's, you know, those massive things, whereas a video game is at minimum $80 Hmm. off the shelf. But again, it's one of those things. So the interesting thing about high volume of sale is it can be almost counterproductive to a, a developer as well. It's been what, thirteen years since we've had a GTA, not oh, GTA, yeah. yeah, because GTA Five is still the top selling game out there. Yeah, I don't think there's any other game that rivals the volume of copies that GTA Five still sells to this. Yeah, so game. I think that was, I can't. I thought I read three billion, but it must be more than that. If if Blizzard, uh, if I Activision think, can make two billion in four months, I think GTA Five is the highest selling digital anything yeah in history yeah and because of that one you have to top it with the next one yeah. so you're going to spend a lot of time yeah working out how you're going to do that but also why compete against yourself if i'm rockstar you are the rockstar you're yeah, yeah you're the front man why are you gonna yeah i'm not gonna try and i'm not gonna stop this gravy train to try oh, and start another one no do you know how much it costs them to make that game no clue. $300 million. Jeez. And this is this is where something else that they said in that Activision thing mm. was that they're bringing out a new a new game. <coughs> Sorry. They are employing 300 new staff just to build a new video game. And I think we, like, the, the product of it is quite... To the outsider, there's no value. My girlfriend would, would would apply no value to Call of Duty except mm. that she gets a TV to herself. So it's not like if you buy a car, right? You, you, you make a car, you see the product, you can admire the product at a farm, and the enjoyment extends farther than just the, the user of it. But I feel video games, it's such a personal thing, you're in it, and you're the only, I'm the only person that sees the value in that game. It is, and... Again, you, you look at the time spent on a video game versus time spent in a car. I spent a lot more hours playing video games mm. than I have in a car. Mm. Uh, but, you know, again, it's perceived value. It's why would you buy the Star Wars watch over the regular watch? Yeah. It's, it's what you see value in. But the model of video games has evolved in yeah. such a way, you know, we're getting to the stage of virtual reality now and that's crossing over into other fields. You know, you have, you know, P 
people practicing surgeries and things now mm. with in virtual reality. I don't think that that uh, technology would have advanced as far as it has without video games For potentially. Sure. So there is a huge market for it. Even I think the military do drills in certain video games and things like that. I was speaking well. to an aircraft engineer through the week mm. and he's worked for military in, in, in a couple of different countries and he's adamant that the one downfall of our modern military aircraft is the pilot. Mm. And he's like, as soon as you get rid of the pilot, you can make you can make a uh, smaller, lighter, faster, it can turn harder. Like at the moment he said, a pilot could pull eight Gs like once or twice. Yeah, but you could. He's like, we could build a fuselage that does fifteen to twenty. So, you know, are we just uh, halting our capabilities because we think that we need to have a person in there? Well, it's it's interesting too to see the way technology has evolved again through things like social media. So, another reason why video games have taken off as much as they have, you could look at you know Twitch streamers or YouTube mm. and things like that. For kids, mm. 16, 17 year olds, getting millions of dollars mm. buying, you know, huge pads in, you know, Sydney and mm. things like that around the world playing video games. Yeah, I watch them. So do I. Yeah. They're great. Yeah. It's great entertainment. And I think look from that from that like personal point of view, I suppose, where I've been immersed in the video game myself, mm. it's cool to see someone else's take on it. Yes. You know. And, and look, you learn a bit of because it's a lot of it's multiplayer games now. So Jason doesn't play multiplayer games; he's all single player. Neither do I. And it's funny that the only uh, games that I watch online are multiplayer games. Yeah. So I won't play them myself, but I will watch other people competing because I don't like the online experience. So I love the online experience, and I have done ever since. I remember the the first really, I think proper proper. Uh, multiplayer game I played was Unreal Tournament. Okay. So everyone talks about Unreal Engine. Yeah. This was the birth of the Unreal yep. Engine. Okay. And so that's what Quake, uh, Doom, they're all on Unreal. No. Quake and Quake and Doom are on a Quake engine. Wolfenstein, one of them. No, it's still the Quake engine. Okay. Unreal was the competitor competitor right. to Quake Engine. Now Unreal has won. That Quake engine is still around, so I think the Doom, new Doom Eternal is, is, a, is an iteration uh, of, of that. But the fact that the Unreal, uh, 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 Unreal model or whatever is being used in movies and stuff now and mm. has sort of launched it leaps and bounds. But when I first realised that I could get, go onto the internet and I could shoot someone from across the world, like on the other side of the world, I thought that was so cool. I've always played, always played online, online shoot-em-ups okay. and racing games. But now I'm sort of swinging back to, because because they're putting so much production value into these games, and I think we we spoke about this through the week or maybe last week, the storylines that some of these things, and, and the fact, it, it's like watching a movie. Anyone who hasn't played a, a good AAA video game, mm-hmm. But you're a movie buff. Go and try it. Imagine being the character in the movie. Yeah, I would argue that it's almost a 
better experience. It is better. I think it's better. I think it's better as well. Especially, when was the last time you watched a movie in entirety and spent your full attention two hours of the screen? Uh, Okay, so all the time because I am dedicated to it. So that's a your generation thing. So so I've noticed that young people, they don't do that. No. That you, you guys can watch uh, watch something in two halves? Mm-hmm. No. So I can't, uh, one of the, I've got every app, every streaming service, mm. I've got it. So one of them is Binge. Now Binge is great because it's got HBO. Yep. So it's got huge shows yep. on it, right? However, the app, I don't know why you would launch an app without it being available on everything, yep. but they have. So it's available on only certain browsers, your phone, but you can't have it on like your Xbox or anything like that. Oh, uh, you can't. So I run cast, uh, Apple TV, can you push it onto your TV? Yeah, but you have to buy the Apple unit and I'm not doing that. Yeah. So I have to watch it on my phone, mm. which is okay. So I'll, I'll only watch the shows right at the end of the night. Cause I'll put my phone on the bedside table and I'll just yeah. watch it until I'm done. But because if I try and watch it during the day, I'm watching 10 minutes and then I'm getting out of the show and doing something else and then getting back into it and watching five minutes and then getting out of the show. Yeah, can't do that. That's, I, I ha- yeah. That's a young people thing, though. It, it is. Yeah, because like, I, I, uh, some of the guys I used to work with, I'd say, Go watch this comedy thing on Netflix. And I said, how was it? And they said, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll watch the other half tonight. And I'm like, but you're going to miss all the references of the call, all the callbacks. Like, you have to, they're, they're designed to be consumed in one hit. And that's why they said they don't want to do our specials anymore. They want to bring it down to, like, they reckon the 35-minute special is the, the way of the future. But that's a generational thing. That is. And I... See, I'm different with comedy. I'll put everything away for comedy. And I think that's because I'm... I'm so passionate sure. about it. So I'll, I won't watch just someone special. I'll watch their podcasts. I'll go on yeah. YouTube and watch every interview they've ever done. Yeah. And I'll watch them multiple times. So I'll, I'm the curator of information of things that I'm interested in. Sure. Same thing with bands. I'll know their set list yeah, 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 yeah. from 1994. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I can... But I think comedy is something where you need to be because of the craft of how it's made, everything has a purpose and everything has to fit in a certain way. Yeah. Whereas I think with a TV show or a sitcom and things like that, there are times where there's filler, where it's like sure. stuff's just, so I can be doing, I can still know what's happening without being fully there. I can still follow it. Whereas if, if you're watching comedy and you miss the setup, well now the joke doesn't work. Yeah, but uh, do you do with movies? Not if it's the first time I've seen it, I'll, okay. I'll watch it through. But there'll be movies or TV shows where I'll just have it on as, I guess, like background noise. Well, I can tell you that I rarely turn off a movie, even if I hate it. I think in, the, I think in my life, there would be five movies that I was watching and halfway through switched off. And one of the most recent ones was, I can't even remember what it was called, I think my brain's trying to block it out. There was a Hemsworth one. You told me about him hacking. Yeah, from 2015, and it was some Chinese-American collaboration movie. 
and it, and I think what did my head in a the acting sucked b the storyline was basically what had happened in the uh, the what was the the the, the the previous largest hack um, was called. Oh, it'll, it'll come to me. But basically, where they think the Israeli government and the American government put a virus in everyone's computer in the whole world, trying to find an Iranian pump in their nuclear facility to overspin their turbines and blow it up. And that right. happened. That really happened. Okay. But this movie just used that story, but changed the players in it. Right. And I was supposed to just cop that. Like, that's not your movie, dude. No. Stuxnet. Stuxnet is the, the name of the virus. But if you look at, you know, the common person, especially in America, you know, you see it all the time where Kim will go out and be like, you know, how many states are there? And they'll be like, 32. Yeah, yeah. They don't know that a government tried to hack into the system, so that's a brand new storyline for them. So, was, yeah, you know, I got a pitch to the masses. But I remember looking at my watch and thinking, is this, like, I felt like I've been in there for two and a half hours and it was, like, 45 minutes into the movie? And I said, I'm not doing this, I'm turning it off. Well, I'm the same. I If I start something, I'm committed to it. So I'm, I'm the same with video games. Oh. I My partner, especially Charlotte, she'll start a game and then that's the end of it. She might play it for two days or three days. Yeah. If you get stuck at something, it's now... Put it away. Yeah, we don't play that game anymore. <laughs> because I, I remember back in the day, so PlayStation 1. Now, PlayStation 1, so all the other, I guess, game systems before that, you know, Nintendo 64, things like that with the cartridge, you couldn't copy that cartridge. Oh. You had to have the cartridge. Sure. Back when the PlayStation 1 came out, you could ship them. Yeah. And you could buy a DVD burner. Yeah. super expensive back yeah. then my oldest brother bought one I think it was like six, seven hundred dollars yeah, to buy yeah. this DVD burner but you go to Video Easy or Blockbuster back when they were still a, a thing yeah. and you get your like seven rentals for ten dollars or yeah. something like that which would be loading up on PlayStation 1 games yeah. and go home burn them all Yeah, because <laughs> it's like well now I have this game forever I don't have to return it within yeah. three days or seven days or whatever but again there was I always had this decision of what game do I play in what order whereas like my brothers would just be like oh I'll, I'll play this one see what it's like and then I'll play that one and see what it's like so right. you know, I need to commit to this experience yeah, yeah, yeah. before moving on to the next one well I I can't say the same thing because I still have not finished Doom Eternal because I'm struggling with it, it's it's getting so hard. And then the online thing comes out, and and, and the boys go on, and I'm like, oh, I want to play with the boys. And then when I go back to Doom, and like all the the controls are ex- basically exactly the same, but the it's completely different. But are the different. but are the other games that you're playing are they story based or are they all online? So I I basically only play Call of Duty online. So I don't think that's cheating. See, I think that you can have a story-based game that you oh, leave, and then you can have an online game. Sure, sure. But I don't sure. think you can start a new story. I've committed to those characters, and I want to see how their story yeah. plays out. Yeah. I don't want to start on. I yeah, know, well, yeah. Don't, I have done that. Yeah, I definitely have not done but that. Then you're still faithful. That's yeah, I haven't cheated. I haven't cheated. I haven't cheated. Doom guy. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, 
but yeah, so people that haven't haven't played games, I, w- I would, I would, and you like movies, have a crack, mm. and just know that the amount of money that's going to these games isn't is it's like, like what was a Avengers movie? Was that were they three hundred million, four hundred million dollars? Probably. Production? They all went to Robert Downey Jr. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, they've even got actors in it now. Like they've got there's 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 no actors that are playing characters in. In some of these games. So one of the things that we spoke about uh, in the chat with with Jason, you and I, uh, was Lord of the Rings actually, and the amount of innovative methods that Peter Jackson came up with to make those movies mm. what they were. I think they still hold up. I think the trilogy still earned more like Academy Awards than any other mm. movies. And Harry Potter got how many? Three, I yeah. think, and I had like nine movies. Yeah. And I and Lord of the Rings had three movies, and I think I've got nineteen yeah. Academy Awards. Now that's that again is you don't necessarily have to attribute the amount of awards that something got to how good it is. Sure. Sure. There's plenty of cult films that everyone hated, but you've got those group, those set of people yeah. that love them. But in saying that, motion capture was a huge thing in those films so Andy Serkis who played Gollum essentially that was the first time they did a full body suit with the little dots on it that's in every CGI movie yeah. now that was one of the first movies where they did motion capture right. and now that's that's everywhere you go into the making of uh, Uncharted you know the, the actors who played you know Nathan Drake and things like that that's not done on a computer anymore. Mm-hmm. That's real actors playing out those movements and essentially filming it and then putting it, putting the CGI on over it. Whereas you would have traditionally had to drag and move with your mouse to make yeah. the arms move and things like that. Do you know what I find interesting about motion capture suits is I've always found it very funny because anyone wearing spandex is funny and then they just add balls to them and that's hilarious. Balls are getting smaller. Over time as well, there used to be the balls of original motion capture suits used to be like tennis balls. Then they went to golf balls, and now they're like little specks. I thought you were talking about the actors. <laughs> I thought that's no, all no, you no, were no. looking at. No, 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 no. Um, it's like it's cold in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I think that the the technology is getting so good, and like I said, you need those you need those big budgets to be able to. Mm push the boundaries mm. now I also don't think I think money and budget can hurt a franchise as well and I look at I look at sorry franchises like uh, Transformers oh. like the first three Transformers were great and then I can't watch the new ones I can't listen to them because they're too loud it's just all explosions and super elaborate like they're just going how much money can we throw at special effects have all of it and there's no storyline. I don't even know what the storyline is. I can't differentiate any of the ones. Like, how many Transformers movies had um, Marky Mark? Marky Mark? I don't know, because I've not watched those ones. It's don't bother. That, I watched the first one, and I no. Yeah, so that, that's an example where you can take an excellent franchise and and overcook the, the special effects and ruin it. I think the two best examples from another world, I guess, is 
Louis C.K. and Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. So arguably two of the greatest, the greatest comedians out there. Yeah. Uh, Dave Chappelle, arguably the greatest sketch comedy show that aired with yep. the Chappelle show. Only two seasons. Yeah. But again, his fear in that process and the reason that he went to Africa and turned down $50 million mm-hmm. was that he thought that the studio was trying to control mm-hmm. him. So he, he bowed out. Mm-hmm. Louis C.K. with Lucky Louis, which then became uh, Louis afterwards, mm-hmm. he had a budget cap. So a lot of people don't know this, but essentially uh, studios have X amount of money that's considered a write-off. So it might be Mm $250,000. That's a write-off. You can spend that on whatever you want, Mm -hmm. and that money disappears. If it goes over that amount, well then executives need to know what that money is going to expend on. So you spend three hundred, four hundred, five $500,000 or What's this money getting spent on? Yeah. So essentially, when Louis was making those shows, he said, I don't want anyone involved. I, you're not going to know what the show is yeah. until I give it to you the yeah. week before it airs. Yeah. And then you just put it out. But it'll be cheap. And they go, Well, we need to know what it's about. Oh, well, I don't want to do it then. Oh, well, you know, we want you to make a show. Yeah, but I don't want you involved. Yeah. So essentially, he found this loophole. He spoke to one of the producers and said, well, we can let you do what you want, but it has to be under this budget and yeah. it has to cover salaries, yeah. you know, everything. So he essentially didn't pay himself for those really? shows. Then he did it for free or for a very low salary. Yeah. And just so that no one else was involved. Yeah. Here's the show, you air it. You don't know what it is, mm. but here you go. And I think that's, again, like you said, when too many people get involved, when it gets too big, when there's too much money, that's when it can sort of go the awry. True art is it, it, it's very rarely a group of artists that create something no. special. It's usually an artist. Mm. And when you when you take the the writing away, so I had a friend I a friend put it to me really good about Zack Snyder. Okay. Zack Snyder, like Three Hundred, is one of my all time favorite movies. I think it is great. Batman vs Superman is one of the worst movies mm. ever made. I'm not saying that. Don't bother. So, but what he said is, if you give Zach the story, he'll make it great. Right. So the 300 story is a real story. That was Frank Miller, I think, was the comic who wrote the comic book of 300. Because that was a graphic novel. Well, but it's also it's based on real events. Yeah, it's based on real events. Yeah. But the screenplay came from right. a graphic novel. So. Graphic novel. So, give him the story, he can make a great movie. Mm. Get him to make the story? Garbage. Yeah. Sucks. Like, sucks. Well, everyone has their talents. Yeah, but wouldn't you know, if if you're going to dollar up, well, I suppose you needed to have Batman vs Superman to realise. Yes and no. I think that that's... So, I'm halfway through the latest Rogan podcast with David Chappelle. And Chappelle has discussed this a number of times. He, I think the first time he mentioned it was on David Letterman. The difference between being a celebrity and being famous. Mm-hmm. And Joe sort of said, oh, well, aren't they the same? And Dave said, no. He said, a celebrity is someone who 
is you know they're known for being in the spotlight and things like that so you'll ask them about what brand they're wearing and things like that like their their goal is to be in the spotlight right they're a celebrity someone who's famous is someone who's everyone knows for them doing whatever it is they right they okay do. yep yep so whatever they did has gotten them fame but it wasn't necessarily the objective mm-hmm. to get there and it can cloud your judgment. So the same thing, you know, if everyone says you're a fantastic director, if everyone's blowing that up your ass yeah. for years, do you think you can do anything? Yeah. Look at these movies I've made. They've made a huge amount of yeah. money. I can go and do this. Yeah. Sometimes you need someone to be like, no, I don't think this is a good idea. Yeah, true. That's what I like about, that's where I think the internet and this decentralization of, of large amounts of money, I think is going to, do really really well. So I follow a YouTube series, uh, YouTube uh, documentary writer called No Clip, okay. and it's all Patreon money. Yep. You can just donate, and they they do these really high quality documentaries about video games, and production quality is good. They do the interviews, and it's nice to think that you can make. You can make something for not a lot of money if you put the thought into it and if you do it right. You can throw a whole lot of money and sure, you can create a product mm-hmm. that, you know, whether it's any good or not, who knows. But I like the idea that now it's easy for a, a, a creator to say, hey, this is what I believe in. If you believe in it too, find your audience mm. as your point zero 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 one percent of the population of the world, the entire world, and give me a dollar, and and I'll put this thing together. I think that is I think that is cool. Yeah, I think the the future markets. You know, you've got Fiverr is a big one. So if you've got an idea, you can meet with other freelancers that all help you put it together. Mm-hmm. Patreon, uh, Kickstarter, even you know, if you've got an idea and you get enough people to support your thoughts, mm-hmm. you can now do your passion projects yeah. with the support of other people who see the same vision. So I think that's the, that's the problem too, is that, again, when you get studios involved, not everyone has the same vision yeah. of, of what something should be. It, you've just got more points of failure. That's it. And I, I like I, the, the great example in movies is the Saw franchise. Mm. Saw 1. Is was it 10 grand, 15 grand? I think it was 50. Yeah, they got a ten thousand dollar grant, I think, for the yeah. or something, and, and it was fifty grand. But because it was so well written, it like it is it is a magic magic movie. And then you know, saw fifteen or whatever they're up to now. They had a, you know un, unlimited budget. You know, Chris Rock. I, I've not seen. I after like the fourth one, I was like, no, I'm not watching this anymore. And they just lost it. And I think, come on, Chris Rock is a detective. In a thriller, <laughs> what's not believable about that? It might get me over. I might watch it because that. But I think that money. I, I wonder if, like, if there's a scale between money and writing. Mm. You know, because writing's cheap. Let's say uh, writing could be free if you've got a, a great idea that's been extremely well written. In a way, that could be free. Now, that person. I, I'm not saying that person's doing that in in. I don't want to take away from the skills of the writer because that person's probably put their life's work onto a, in, into a script and it's probably cost them a fortune in terms of 
actually producing that, but saying but having a CGI budget for a hundred million dollars mm. because like to try and compensate for the the uh, the script that was written by a friggin' algorithm or something. I don't know. I just I don't. It's funny because we we spoke about massive video game budgets and how amazing they are. I, maybe because they're a generation behind what movies are, I suppose. So they have they will get to the point where oh no no, Cyberpunk's a perfect uh, a perfect example of them going wrong. Mm. Raise three or four hundred million dollars mm. and produce a crap product. So money doesn't necessarily mean that it's gonna be it's gonna be great. You still need. You still need a lot of thought. You still need a lot of creativity. You still need a really good team. You still need excellent leadership. I think you also need time. So one of the biggest problems with Cyberpunk was they, again, the management said, you need to put this thing out. And they just did. Because the fans as well, the fans wanted it. But as a fan, if you don't own something, why ask for it? Mm-hmm. it's like Tesla with the Model S or whatever that goes you know 0 to 100 in 1.9 seconds mm. is that that's not out yet is it no the Plaid's coming out yeah. so that's not out mm. people are willing to wait for it because when it will be ready it will be great yeah it'll go it'll do all the things that <laughs> yeah, Elon said it can do yeah with Cyberpunk I think it's different I think it's different because, again, money. That Tesla's what, two hundred thousand dollars or something oh, like that. It'll be three or three fifty or something. So your clientele for that is limited. Mm. Video games is accessible to everyone. Sure. So you've got far more voices saying we want this thing now. Yeah. But that spoils it too. You know, I understand the disappointment of someone saying, "Oh, you know, June release," and then the the department saying, oh, we have to push it back. I understand the disappointment in that, but you haven't lost anything. You, it's not like some, you had something they took it off you. Yeah, but Cyberpunk was a different thing. The reason why they're pushing so hard is because management lied to the investors and the investors got scared and the investors wanted to return. The investors then pushed management to push it out. Mm. So that, that's a big lesson in transparency. Like, they needed to really show someone what the... This is this is where we're at. Do you really want to put that out? And then they'll say, uh, no, no, and take another five years, right? But but there's also there's another video game. Um, there's a crowdsource. No, is it is it totally crowdsourced? There's some spaceship game, and they've been talking about it. I reckon they've been talking about it for five, six, maybe ten years. I don't know. I'll have, I'll have to find out what it is. But it's raised something like five hundred million dollars, right? And it's not even close to finishing. No, someone's in Hawaii. And then, do you know it? Do you know this no, one? No, but I imagine someone's in Hawaii the, with five hundred yeah, million dollars. Yeah, well, like it, it, there is a, there's versions of it. I think it's out there. I think you can get it, right. but it sucks. And they just say, "Oh, like to do the next thing, we really, really need another hundred million dollars." Yeah, and now is getting empty. It's too big not to go ahead with it because all these investors want to ah. see some return. So it's become too big to fail. Mm. So. What are we trying to say? What are we trying to say in this podcast, man? I don't know. I, I, what is again, the out of all this? Again, it's perceived value. So, as you said, writing as a baseline is free. 
it requires a laptop or a pen and paper. It doesn't cost anything to produce that. I used to work for Fossil many years ago, and I don't know if I can get super sanitized or not. Uh, essentially, when you would get stock in, you would get the stock list in wholesale pricing. Mm. So you would very much know how much it costs to buy a fossil watch or a, mm. you know, a fossil wallet. I like fossil wallets or I think they own a bunch of brands, Mark Jacobs and sure. things like that. They're Mimco, I think they're affiliated with, with a bunch of them. But essentially you look at the wholesale price and then what you're selling it for, it's huge gaps mm. because there's a perceived value there. It's not the cost of the stainless steel that's going into that piece. Look, I, I think people are entitled to, to make a margin. I, I have I have no problems. But the margin is based on the perceived value, is what I'm saying. Mm, 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 mm. Like the stainless steel that goes into your $16 watch mm. is the same stainless steel that's going into a $400 fossil watch. Oh, sure, yeah. It's, it's, but it's got a different name on it. So it's perceived value. that back very well. Mm. You're, you're like this a pro podcaster. Well done. Well done. So what? Okay. So what? We, we what's a lesson that you would that you would pull out of all this? Because I think I've got one. I I don't think you can look. You need to find your own value. Mm. I think is what you need to get out of these things. So, are you buying a Mercedes to show off? Mm-hmm. You go. I've spent all this money. I've spent $100,000 on this Mercedes so that everyone else around you can see that you've got this $100,000 Mercedes. Mm-hmm. Or do you see the value in that mm. item? Do you see the value in the $16 watch? Mm. Does everything you want it to do. It's got mm. that cool retro look to it and it tells the time. It's anything, that's everything that a watch is supposed to do. You know, that's your value in that product. So, and I think again, $350 for a Star Wars watch, well, that gives me enjoyment. Yeah. It's got Darth Vader on it, who's a bad guy who I enjoy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I, I feel happy spending that $350 on it. I think that is a that is a really good way to put it, is finding your own version of it, your mm. own version of, of value. Because that post factor, what, uh, what's that saying? Don't never go broke looking rich. Mm. And there's so much of that. And, and with Instagram, especially, there, there's a massive perception out there that you need to spend big. I, I remember I had this salesman that loved luxury items but didn't earn the money. Mm. And he he wanted to buy a Louis Vuitton money clip. It's $350. And so he ordered it. And I ordered a money clip off AliExpress that was 18 cents delivered Right, no packaging, just in a bag. Mm. And then when he pulled his out and he's showing the guys, I pulled mine out, but with three hundred fifty dollars cash in it. And said, so, you know, the difference between my clip and your clip is mine's got money in it. Like mine's actually holding. Right, hundred yeah, percent. <laughs> and there was almost mine was not a copy version. Mine was like its own style, or whatever. Mm. No one on the street would give a fuck. fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> no, that's it. You can't. You're not ordering a sushi with your clip. No, no, right? So find your own okay, so there's the lesson. Find your own own daily. Don't go don't go broke looking rich. Play video games. Have a good uh, have a go if you're not a gamer, mm. but 
but you've got the gaming equipment, home, your partner's got it, your roommate's got it, whatever. What's on everything? You can have play mobile own. games, you can play games online. I remember at high school playing on like Miniclip, which was a, you know, a flash game. Oh yeah, Newgrounds. I used to play Newgrounds. Yes. yes. <laughs> yeah. Pico, do you remember Pico? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> like it, it's everywhere. You, you don't, anywhere. you don't need the uh, six hundred dollar console or a six thousand dollar computer mm. to get some form of experience. So it's accessible to everyone. You do get an excellent experience on a six thousand dollar computer at one hundred and forty four frames per second. And I'm sure, it's crisp. You can see the uh, the loading screen every time you get kicked out to the lobby. Nice. Nice and no, mine mine kicks all the way out. Really? Makes sense. <laughs> I've got an issue with the power supply. Ah, yeah. I liken it like this. So my mate, he bought he bought a new he paid like four and a half grand for like a pre built pre built thing. Mm. But it's got the old generation graphics card, and I really wanted the new generation because it's just gonna last me longer. But pay more now, get more life out of it. That's mm. the way I saw it. And but mine's got an issue. Right. And he's like, oh, you know, you paid all this money and it's got issues. I said. Yes, mate, because yours is a Toyota Camry, mine's a Formula One car. Formula One car's got a team of people around it working on it all the time. That's what my that's what my gaming rig is. Yours is a Camry that's got cap price service once a year. Yeah, but your, your computer's got you working on it. Do you know what you're doing? No, no, but I'm gonna have a crack at doing the um power spot and stuff. Might do that today. Oh, okay. And on that note, thank you very much for joining us. Um, if you've made it this far, please like, please put a comment in it, it helps the algorithm, share it with a friend. And uh, we'll see you on the next one. Happy Mother's Day.